Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. This is for the week ending Sunday, August 2nd. Uh, welcome, and I welcome especially my uh, wonderful son, Jack. Welcome back. Well, glad to be here, Dad. Thank you. Uh, got a lot to cover, and um, uh, first off, Sue, uh, it's my my answer to Kramer. Uh, instead of the Fang stocks, I want to invest in silver, uranium, and esports. Uh, that's also my lovely wife's name, although I never call her Sue. Uh, bond prices are still going down. I, I'm pounding this point home, and I found another chart that makes it even look better to me. And uh, number three, Chinese stocks and sugar. Next up. Uh, we'll see. So we we got a lot to go to. Uh, this is a new segment, Mike. Uh, I've got a real live portfolio, small account, you know, just a you know s- s- small amount of money. Mm-hmm. But I want to show that I'm doing this side by side with everybody else, and and keep my feet to the fire, and not just say, hey, you know, all my picks are great, all my picks are lousy. You know, here here we are. So we have uh, we're up a little bit. And it's early, so it's it's been a month, and we're you know we're trailing the S and P by a bit, but uh, our whole point is to make money, and um, so I'm going to keep uh, putting this up here, and uh, you tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. I like. All it. right, uh, and I'd like to kick Dave Portnoy's ass. So we'll Absolutely. see what, see, see how that goes. Um, uh, the first one is um, uh, eSports. Now, that's the, the E in Sue. I didn't do this in order. I, I came up with the acronym uh, after after writing the show. Um, but uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but video gaming and eSports. I, um, uh, I, I surprised that this showed up, but I'm going to follow my eye and follow some logic. Uh, the top three names are C-Limited, uh, NVIDIA, and uh, Activision Blizzard. And um, I hate to bring this up, but I, one of the things that I thought of was if we don't have football right. this fall, yeah, are we going to be playing Madden? Yes. <laughs> I, I think so. I think that's a great point. I just read some, I think it was an article published by PwC in June. It was a, kind of a white paper. And they said that by 2023, they expect revenues to grow to $1.8 billion in the space. Which is just absurd. I mean, yeah. in 2018, I think it was like 400 million right. or something like that. So that five-year growth is just insane. And, and, and I, I felt sheepish about this because I'm 50 years old. And uh, sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> you're not going to catch it one more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, and I said, yeah, why, why are people watching kids play other kids playing uh, esports or video games? And then I, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk the other day, and he goes, well, you watch golf. And it's the same damn thing. And uh, so if, if if you can't argue with the fact he likes esports so much that he invested in a, a team mm. with the uh, the ownership of the Minnesota Vikings. I know Tony Robbins has an esports effort. I think The Rock does as well. And so, you know, if the eyeballs are there, the eyeballs are there. Twitch explodes. So here we go. And uh, uh, wish us luck. We just bought it. And uh, and I'm fascinated by the the whole space, and I'm running up a learning curve. Uh, SIL is next. The silver miners. Uh, the top three names here are uh, Wheaton. Um, I'm forgetting the second one, but uh, Pan American is the is the is the third uh, name in the portfolio. And uh, and Jack was asking in the car, you know, why silver? And this gets a little bit uh, wonky and complicated, but the bottom line is that the Fed is printing an incredible amount of money. Uh, uh, that leads people to precious metals. There's obviously a tremendous amount of strife in, in uh, 
uh, Portland and Seattle and what have you. So people want to have safe assets. And silver's going to play catch-up to gold, in my opinion. And in the case, uh, I, I bought SIL versus the, the ETFs that trade uh, or represent the bullion, the metal itself, because I want to have the leverage. I want to have uh, ounces of production going up, the price going up, expenses staying relatively the same, and the bottom line expanding, and the multiple of the mining stocks going up. Mm. So that's the rationale. So far, it's working. And um, uh, there's going to be other charts that I bring to the table, the silver-gold ratio and things like that that I want to uh, to highlight. But this is what I have this week. Uranium, we've been talking about. I, I'm still amazed at the number of people who are on Twitter and elsewhere that are uh, 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 interested in uranium. Uh, this past week, Cameco, on their uh, earnings report, talked about restarting their Cigar Lake mine. That surprised some, not Cameco down. But it seems like we're re- rebuilding on that. And, and, and this, this chart here shows the kind of things I like. Uh, it comes down into the base on relatively low volume and starts to increase on big volume. And um, I think that we have a two- to three-year uh, play here. And I'm going to uh, uh, continue this. URNM is the North Shore Global Uranium uh, ETF. Uh, and there's been a lot of uh, incremental bullish news over the course of the week. Cameco apparently is in the, in the, the spot market uh, uh, buying uranium to fulfill their obligations to, to uh, uh, nuclear power plants. Uh, uh, Kazatomprom is doing the same thing. And uh, again, I think this is a pretty chart and a, and a big long-term trend. And uh, I'm fascinated by it. Next uh, segment is Bakes Takes, uh, the fan mail and calls and questions. Uh, Mike, we're continuing to grow. Uh, Jack, your, your good friend James from, from Pennsylvania uh, came in. Uh, James uh, played hoop with Jack, or Jack played hoop with James. <laughs> Probably uh, more of the latter than uh, the that's, former. Uh, yeah. that, that's why I caught myself. <laughs> I caught myself. And a uh, great three-point shooter, by the way. And... Um, he, he responded, uh, uh, and it's interesting. Some people come in over Twitter. Some people come email. I don't care. Just, just you know, bring me your, your feedback. Uh, was, was struck by the fact he could, he could not fathom 15% interest rates because he's 23, and uh, it happened 40 years ago, so it's understandable. Uh, he also said uh, that I recommended How to Make Money in Stocks, the Bill O'Neill book that I brought up several times, and was I a growth manager? Yes, that's that's the, what I cut my teeth uh, as a growth manager, and uh, I think I have the scars to prove it. Uh, I've been in you know two mutual funds, two institutional firms, two hedge funds, so I kind of know where the bodies are buried, and um, I still make mistakes, but I make new ones. Um, what do you think about big volume gaps up? Is the next question he had in names like Chegg, Twilio. Uh, advanced micro devices, Shopify, Pinterest. And uh, he said, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all the great info from the show. So, Mike, thank you for making this possible and making us look better than we probably are. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, this is a great dovetail for a number of topics I want to cover. Uh, I don't normally talk about individual stocks, and part of my past as a growth manager plays into that. When we bought individual stocks, we got into the weeds and and we read the 10Ks and we called the competitors and the customers and the suppliers 
and we looked into the eyes of the CEO and CFO as much as we possibly could. And, and then we either built a model or I like to take the, the high model on the street, the analyst on the sell side that had the highest model and see if there were ways that I think the numbers should be going up. Because if you beat the high, you beat everybody and stocks tend to like upward revisions, upside surprises. And so I've stayed away from individual names because I can't do that with more than a handful of names. In, in the case of uh, you know, if you're investing in a, an active mutual fund, what we used to do was, okay, Bakes is the healthcare guy, he's the tech guy, Mike's the retail guy, and you said, okay, that percentage that's in the S&P 500 or the Russell 2000, make sure your stocks beat those stocks. And, you know, it's a tough, tough game, and it's gotten much, much tougher. And I'm finding that if I can pick big themes via ETFs, as long as I make money, I don't really care how I make money. I think I mentioned, you know, Lebanese pork futures the other day. Um, you know, whatever works, whatever, whatever works. Whatever it takes, right? Sorry? Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes, yeah. whatever it takes. Micah, here, great at retail, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always beat on mine. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay, so I went through the, his particular names, and I, I was saying, okay, why do you pick these? Uh, they the, Big gaps up on big volume, and I love volume, and I love gaps up. Uh, this is Chegg, which is the, the uh, they're breaking it more into online learning. I remember them as being, uh, you basically rented textbooks. It's renting a textbooks. It's also, I mean, to call a spade a spade, high school and college kids who are struggling with their homework, a lot of times it has solutions on um, its website. Innovative solutions? Innovative solutions. Oh, so I'm, I'm just going to oh. leave that there and let you, you would never do that, that, right? Not even once. Dad. Okay, there you go. I value my education too much. There you go. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. Did he say keep a straight face with that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's Chegg. Uh, the, I called it the Cinco de Mayo. May 5th was the, the earnings report. That's a beautiful breakout. Uh, if you can see that on the, on the chart, that big blue line, upside surprise. A gap means that there's so much buying demand. It just skips through a number of, of different prices. And it went from you know, 40 to 60 in a day, pretty much. And I, what I was struck by, the day before didn't really give any clues, so you didn't have any insiders that were, uh, you know, dig, providing tells that this was going to be a big beat. Uh, it's a long, flat base. You see this, it goes back for, I don't know, you know, nine months or so. And it, 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 think of it as a launching pad, and that when you break into new highs on big volume, it tends to you know, create momentum that lasts for a while. The last breakout that just happened, yes, it gapped up on big volume, but you see how it sort of um, uh, grinds up from the lower left to the upper right? That isn't the kind of look that I want. I want to see stairs. You know, I want to see a base uh, you know, that lasts the longer the better, and then you build up on that as, as, as the fundamentals unfold and it improves. So I questioned the last breakout. Uh, I would recommend playing with the house money, which we talked about last week, right, Mike? Um, where you don't have too many uh, doubles in three months. That's pretty rare. And so I would take the original investment out and let the rest ride and then wait for the sell discipline to kick in that I've talked about in the past. I'm happy to review, James, if you want me to at some point. 
The other thing is, this is at 77 times earnings. And I don't care how, how low the analyst numbers really might be and how conservative the guidance might be. 77 times earnings is expensive. And, uh, you know, so if they have a misstep, it is going to be very, very ugly. So uh, that that's my thought on, on, on Shag. I then, and this is why I like how interactive this is becoming, Mike and Jack. Uh, I'm listening to my podcast, and I just get this this uh, tweet from James, and it's the CEO of Chegg on the podcast. Oh, wow. And so I said, okay, here it is, and uh, go to the show notes, please, uh, and uh, check out. He's a fascinating guy, uh, has very strong opinions, and you can make your own determination, but I just... Uh, I'm finding that that I'm you guys are putting me down different paths. I'm following them, and then I want to hear back from you. You know what you get out of these things that that I find. I want to be the Reader's Digest of of investing for 22 year olds that study like crazy and don't use check. Anyway, <laughs> um, Twilio, it's the same sort of thing. Look at this 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 explosion uh, back May seventh. And uh, that's a great uh, 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 upside surprise. That gap is huge. It's huge. It just went straight up. You know, and, and that's, that's probably a short getting squeezed. Yeah. We can go into what that means. But, I mean, it's forced buying, saying, I'm wrong on the short side. I got to get out. I'm going to buy it back in. Now, uh, this, is, this is almost comical. Uh, the consensus estimate for this year is $0.18. Cents. The stock is at $283. I don't even know if that, that, that equals 999 times earnings because I don't think it goes up to 1000 But it is just, <laughs> it is a big, big number. It is wow. an expensive stock. They might have a cure for COVID and cancer in the back room that I don't know about. That mm-hmm. makes it worth that. But... Advanced micro devices, James also mentioned, uh, broke out uh, uh, July twenty second, and you know it's uh, uh, it's the same kind of thing. Look how long this base is. Uh, took off on two and a half times volume, broke through sixty one. It spent five months between thirty six and fifty nine, and then it goes from sixty one to eighty five in two weeks, and now it trades at ninety times. So my point being is that. When I'm going through my 1,700 charts every month, I'm looking for these bases, and I'm looking for these breakouts. And I want to see the volume pick up prior to the breakout so I have clues that lead me to sue. So, uh, but Advanced Micro Devices, wonderful company, great turnaround, uh, fantastic competitor to Intel that's getting better. We're at 90 times, and it's hard to justify 90 times earnings in my opinion. Shopify, uh, the, you know, I just wrote down 785 times. Great service, great story. Um, uh, you know, it, you use it all the time, and you probably don't even know it when you buy Natalie's juices and all these other kinds of things. It sort of enables people to be to to Amazon themselves to an extent. Um, but it's 785 times earnings, and uh, you know I don't know what's going to stop it, but something's going to stop it. And and I so don't want to so be just to be clear. So 785 times earnings means it's 785 times what the actual value of the stock really should be. No, I'm glad you asked. It's it's the PE ratio. So it's price divided by earnings. Mm-hmm. The price is 1,080 
I haven't done. I can't see the earnings yeah. number. But then you divide by the earnings number. Okay. Probably less than two dollars per share. Yeah, right. one and two dollars per share. And then and then you get a, a seven hundred and eighty-five times multiple. If 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 I brought that to an investment committee, they would punch me in the face, and they'd probably be right. Now there's some there's somebody at at you know one of the esteemed Wall Street firms. I won't mention names, you know, and they've got a model that suggests that if you if you uh, discount the future cash flows to the present, it's worth more than a thousand eighty. I I can't I question that, sure. but. Um, but I don't fight uh, the tape. I mean, I wouldn't short Shopify right. because you know they will the 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 bulls of a stock like this with a cult will rip your face off. Mm-hmm. And so I just say, if you have Shopify, I would do the same darn thing. Take your original money out. Right. Wait for the sell discipline. You're not going to get top tick, but you're not going to write it back down if, if heaven forbid they miss an earnings number. Right. Play with that house money, right? Uh, I, I like that idea. I. I just think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Uh, Pinterest is the same kind of thing. Uh, here, and this is a good example, Mike. Thirty-four ninety-one is the price. The earnings number on 2021 next year, uh, which no one knows what earnings are going to be next year, uh, 18 cents and the multiple is bananas. I didn't even calculate it because I just, you know, it's bananas. Um, but here's here's the same kind of story. It's it's nine months under twenty seven. You know, consolidating the base, and then it goes to thirty four in three days. That's what you know. This is when this gets fun. Is when you find things like that where I and I prefer cheapness with change, not just cheap, but cheapness with with positive change. And that's what I spend all my time doing. And I think that's what I found in in the Sioux uh, ETFs. Uh, another bakes takes bonds are going down. I came across uh, even a better chart than I had last week. Uh, this is 234 years of 10-year government yields, and uh, I just use this because it is so damn striking. It is historically the lowest yields we have ever seen ever, the highest bond prices we have ever seen. Um, and and do you guys understand the inverse? relationship uh, i do to an extent i would say i mean inverse kind of speaks for itself obviously as uh, interest rates rise prices go down did check tell you that or did check did not tell me that check did not tell me that but um no it makes sense that you'd be paying less um for an interest rate that doesn't pay as much um, when that, rates change so that's a yeah, that's pretty good uh you know so the the upside of bond prices is if it 55 basis points goes to zero uh, Chairman Powell has said we're not we're not going to to negative rates. I'm going to take him at his word. So you know we're, this is becoming asymptotic right now. We're getting close Good to zero. Word asymptotic. I took the, I took the SATs last well, look week. Look at you. Yeah, guys. I'm pretty Did excited. Check for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Funny kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who's buying breakfast? Um, <laughs> uh, so I think that yields are very likely to retrace at least some of this last 40 year. 15% move in interest rates. I just think I just think that makes common sense. Uh, and not next week, you know, given what's going on with the Fed now and and, and uh, uh, COVID and, and what have you. But over the next three, five, seven years, I think rates are going to go up. Bond prices are coming down. And as a rule of thumb, each 1% uh, increase in interest rates makes the bond price go down 10%. So now my audience are, you know, are these youngsters and you you don't own bonds, and you probably shouldn't. 
own bonds. I think you should be in stocks. Um, and I think hopefully, you know, uh, I guide you outside of the index, the S&P index fund that ought to be the base. So anyway, the, this is, uh, but I, I do want to point this out because, you know, bonds do get a lot of, of uh, coverage and it's, a you know, in many people's portfolios, I do have some older folks, you know, it's 40% of the portfolio, give or take. I think that 40% is at great risk. I do. So also, Dad, I know that the Fed Chair Powell said that he's not going to let interest rates go below zero. Do you, your prediction, do you think he holds to that or no? I, I think he would be, he'd have a really hard time in front of Congress and the American public if, if bond yields go below zero. Been so and for him so far, and, so. <laughs> and, and we've also seen that it hasn't done much in Japan and Germany mm-hmm. to help things. True. So I, I think that that fifty, if you're going to buy a car at, at fifty five basis points, you're probably going to buy a car at at zero, or at one point five five percent. So I just I, I think that this is getting crazy. Uh, this is another supply, another uh, money supply chart. I put this up last week, but I, I had to kind of stare at it again. This is 30 years of data, and, you know, people can make this this business really complicated. I like to simplify things, and I just look at this chart, and I say, every time the money supply rises, rates go up at least 250 basis points or 2.5%. I just look at the chart. That's what it does, and I don't care why. I don't, but it just, it does, and this money supply uh, uh, moonshot We've never seen this before. We've never seen this kind of money printing. So bonds are virtually certain to decline by 25% uh, if that 2.5% increase in interest rates happens. And again, this money supply blast off is about the most massive ever seen. So there we go. Uh, gold, gold is now 2000 plus, And I think it's telling us something is wrong. And uh, the dollar's at a two-year low. And if if gold is, is forecasting inflation in three, five, seven years, bond prices are going down. Have I beaten this horse dead enough? Okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Bakes Takes Reporters of the Week, as Jack will attest, I'm still going through the pile that you saw on Twitter. Uh, uh, and I don't have anything right now uh, because I went through the 1700 charts. We have a lot to talk about. Um, and I wanted to get to James' question so uh, I'll talk about the, the reporters that I, I want to highlight next week. Uh, now these are the, the Bakes Take segment charts and tweets of the week. Uh, two out of the 1,700 charts, uh, China's looking interesting to me. And uh, again, I try to check my bias at the door. The, the controversies that Trump kicks up, I'll go I'll, President Trump. I'll be a bit more respectful. Um, you know, there's obviously anti-Chinese sentiment. It's an election year. Both sides of the aisle like to take their shots, but the stocks are going up. And then there's a podcast that I'll relay that I want you to check out that really changed my view on, on, on China, the stocks versus the people versus the communist party. And I think it's an important distinction. How investable is China? Would you be buying ADRs or would you... I would buy. The, I would go through the ETFs because okay, I, the ETFs. I, I and I just because I want to be diversified. We're talking about relatively small amounts of money, and I and I, it goes to Bobby's question last week. My other son, God bless you. Um, uh, you know, building a diversified portfolio. 
for us to do it with relatively small amounts of money, it's very difficult. An ETF, this is going to be 30, 40 stocks in spread over, you know, I don't know how many billions of people in China. And um, so that's the way that I do it. Now, people could do their, their, you know, do it however they want. I just like the idea of having a outside the U.S. presence mm-hmm. and, and having it in a diversified way, in a liquid way. If I'm wrong about any of these stocks, I can be out in an afternoon. Makes sense. So um, <laughs> I'm having fun with this. This is, this is the, 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 the uh, uh, Tecurium Sugar Fund, and I wrote down, pour some sugar on me, Def Leppard Online too, because I'm juvenile. Uh, sugar looks like it's perking up. I don't know why, um, but uh, it's another commodity with uranium, with silver, with gold that is perking up. And and uh, uh, I don't have a chart this week, but corn and wheat look like they want to go north too. So something's going on with commodities. I think that does point to future inflation. I don't think it's going to be dramatic anytime soon, but I think down the road it's pretty likely. Okay, here's the, uh, the one of the podcasts of the week. I've got two uh, because these are really good. Uh, the Compound Show is, is uh, by Josh Brown. He's the CEO of, of Ritholz Wealth Management and talks about uh, how to invest in TikTok, the opportunity in Chinese tech stocks. Um, and I was introduced to a new fellow that I hadn't heard of before, Brendan Ahern, uh, the chief investment officer of Crane Shares. And he was pretty thoughtful about, uh, he spends a lot of time on the ground in China, talked about, uh, I, I was fascinated by they knew he was an american when he reached for his wallet to go to a meeting in 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 shanghai uh to show his id at the office building no one in china uses a wallet they put their phone up and that's everything uh, the the uh massive size and scale of ant financial which is which is going public pretty soon um uh, i think is fascinating they are just a monstrous monstrous company that would be I think would dwarf J.P. Morgan. I, I don't know the exact numbers wow. right now, but I, I really recommend the podcast. This is what I like to do. I like to be a hub, and then uh, and 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 you know give some kudos to Josh who does some really good work, Brendan who does some really great work. He has a uh, uh, a daily morning note, ChinaLastNight.com, that I've signed up for. That um, uh, I really want you to, 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 to pay attention to this if you have an interest in China. If you don't, that's okay, too. Anyway, uh, this is another great podcast. This is Jason Calacanis. He is an angel investor in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, uh, was one of the original Uber investors, Robinhood, Com. I'm sure I'm missing a, a, several others. He's pretty prolific. And uh, this is kind of cool. This is his all-in podcast. These are his poker buddies. Uh, Chamath Palahapatiya. I hope I'm getting that close. Uh, David Sachs and David Friedberg. Uh, here are his poker buddies. Brilliant tech investors. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people, in my opinion. And uh, uh, talked about the, uh, the big tech antitrust hearings and uh, uh, what's going on with, like, Facebook can't buy anything. I mean, that, that, as, as a for instance, and that's a fascinating dynamic in Silicon Valley and elsewhere. And so I just recommend to, you know, give this a listen, see if it's your cup of tea, and, um, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, please subscribe, review, and share my Bakes Takes podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. 
Please also subscribe to my Bake Stakes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at BakeStakes underscore and other social media. Please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email me at BakeStakes, sorry, Bakes at BakeStakesPodcast.com or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Uh, Jack is my wonderful son. Thank you for, for, for joining me. Uh, have a great week. And for uh, much needed levity, this is Kyle Kinane, his most recent project, Trampoline in a Ditch. One of the funniest guys going, in my opinion. And I think we need levity in this crazy time. I'm Bakes. Have a great week. See you soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. <laughs>